Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Well, in- interesting times, eh? Interesting times. Um, yep, you certainly understand why that Chinese proverb means may you live in interesting times, which is to say... You don't really want to live in interesting times at all. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. Mm, mm. Yes. So um, I am Josh Edison, sitting here in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, now, we also, of course, have Dr. Ian Dentith uh, sitting in Auckland, New Zealand. I am indeed. But not anywhere near me, because we're in lockdown, baby. Yep. Auckland, the next 28 days, mm-hmm. the entire country is in a process of self-isolation, as we've moved to alert level four, which means that all non-essential businesses are closed and people are sequestered to their own homes and only meant to leave about once a day for a period of exercise, and that's about it. Otherwise, Mm. we are living the indoor lifestyle 24-7, 28 days a month. Yes, outside for a little bit of exercise or for doing something essential like shopping at the supermarket, and I understand our supermarkets, I haven't... I haven't been yet, but I understand they've been transformed into quarantine zones with perspex screens up between you and the cashiers and limited people going in and all that sort of stuff. So Yes, I was in a supermarket on Wednesday, which was the last day before quarantine started. And yes, the plastic screens are now up, so you cannot breathe directly on your checkout operator. And it was, to quote Charlton Heston, a madhouse. It's a madhouse. Mm. Madhouse. Uh, here, yeah, there, there's, as, as in the rest of the world, I assume there's been a fair bit of sort of panic buying happening here in New Zealand, despite the fact that the Prime Minister and the owners of all the supermarkets and everyone have been saying, it's fine, we, we, we're not running out of food, all the main stuff is made here in New Zealand, it's not going to go away. The only reason why there are shortages is because all of you assholes are going out and buying more than you need right now, completely needlessly. This problem only exists because you've made it exist. Um, but that was actually the case. But uh, I hear I mean, it's coming What's down. interesting is that people have been panic buying toilet paper, mm. a commodity that we do produce en masse in this country. It so there is no shortage trees. of it's toilet of paper. Wood. Yeah. Mm. Yes, mm. We, we make a lot of toilet paper. There's no shortage of toilet paper in the production chain. There is not going to be a shortage of toilet paper in the production chain. The only thing which there is a shortage of is toilet paper on shelves because people have panicked and bought it, not mm. thinking that other people might need to wipe their bottoms too. Yes, in fact, you could say the only thing there is a shortage of is, is good old-fashioned common sense, belly what what. Josh, are you about so, to write a right-wing opinion piece for I the think Herald I, now? I think I have like to, getting, yes. <laughs> sounds like you're getting pretty close to saying, look, <laughs> if we just shoot the looters, everything's going to be fine. I assume, yes. Um, but yes, so that's that's life in New Zealand under COVID-19. Uh, four weeks of, of self-isolation, whether you like it or not. So how's, how's the self-isolation treating you then? Well, I was in Hamilton and now I'm in Auckland. So, so that's an improvement already, a, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what it's like in mm. 28 days after living with my mother for a month. Yes, well, there you go. Already had slight issues today about things being thrown out from the fridge that did not need to be thrown out at all. But, you know, 
early days. I'm sure some See kind of accommodation yep. will come. And there is a cap. Mm, yep, no, cats always help. How does it affect uh, universities? University just shut completely, or are you doing online classes? We're shut until Monday, at which point teaching resumes, and we transition to online learning environments. Luckily for my large stage one course, that's already co-taught as an online paper. So basically all the infrastructure is already in place to transition to online. I just have to record lectures remotely rather than in front of students. For the graduate level course I'm teaching, we're going to do a kind of moderated forum thing where we pose questions and get students to write reflections upon those questions, whilst also looking at how they interact with one another. And I'll be doing some pre-recorded lecture stuff for that, just to introduce topics and give them the weight of my, my great wisdom. But no, at this stage, we're off this week. We'll have two weeks of teaching, and then we'll probably have a semester break, although it's not entirely clear whether we're moving the holidays around. So we basically have two weeks to go, what works and doesn't work? And then two mm -hmm. weeks of panicking going, none of this works. None of this works at all. We're all going to die as fiery morons. Mm. Whereas um, the schools are moving their holidays forward two weeks. So they're technically speaking, school holidays uh, start next Monday. Um, and, and that's all there is to it. But that... Again, since their kids are home for four weeks, it's not going to make a massive difference. But the boys have actually been, they've been, uh, the teachers have been setting up Zoom meetings. So they've had sort of half hour classes with as many of their classmates can get online and they've spoken to their teachers and everything. So that's been quite nice. And, um, and that's for me, it's, it's, it's almost business as usual for me, really. I mean, I'm lucky enough that I work for an IT company where people work from home all the time. So it just so happens that everyone's working from home now, but I'm, I'm pretty much just working as usual. I just need to take more breaks than usual to wrangle children from time to time. I hope you're getting some exercise in as well, because otherwise it's going to be a very boring time inside. Yes, I've, I've done the, the occasional walk around the block. Yes, when sitting on my ass gets to be a little bit too, um, little bit too sedentary. Well, see, I, I took a walk this afternoon down to Milford Beach, where many, I had to assume given the location and the age, affluent middle-class people were holding parties on the beach or outside their houses, drinking wine, not paying any attention to the quarantine whatsoever. Mm, oh, well. Supposedly the police are out encouraging people politely to get the hell indoors, so... We'll see. Maybe they can do a drive-by. These middle-class people on the North Shore will not like it if the police tell them to mend their ways. Well, no. No, probably but not. the police probably should be doing exactly that to that particular class of person. Mm. Yes, my parents um, have moved to the East Coast beach town of Omaha, uh, where they have a place, and they've found that quite a few other people have had the same idea. So you're saying that your parents have done the thing that you're not meant to do, which has moved to a small rural community without much in the way of a health in infrastructure system and thus no real ICU beds, thus putting strain on the healthcare system that shouldn't be happening because people should be staying in their hometowns. Well, to, to be fair, they do live up there a lot of the time now that they're retired. So, but, but yes, I don't quite know where the nearest hospital facilities are, but hopefully that... Um... That won't be a consideration. News, Justin. Josh's parents are evil. Well, who can say? No, so anyway, so, so basically that's it. Um, we're, we're fine. I think I'm fine. You're fine? 
Well, you know, apart from that. <laughs> but otherwise, yes, everything's yes. fine. Everything so, yeah, is fine. We'll just see um, see how this progresses, see, see whether or not we degenerate into insanity over the next four weeks of of forced internment. See, but, Josh, um, I'll stop you there. Hmm? I don't have to degenerate into insanity. I've been insane for a long time. This is just going to be situation normal for people like me. Oh, well, okay, then that's then that, that's fine, I guess. So, yes, everything's fine. In fact, everything's better than fine. Everything's great. I wouldn't go that far. But yeah. but no, so I guess we can get into into an actual episode then, which uh, be, it being the last week of March, um, it's time for a news episode. And you can probably guess what the leading news article is going to be. Or can you? Yeah, I was about to say, because we've mm. got even more leading news. Let's start off with... A sting. Breaking, breaking conspiracy theories in the news. Right, because yes, normally, uh, uh, up until this afternoon, I was assuming we'd be leading with a bunch of COVID-19 stuff, but that's been put slightly back because um, the news came out this afternoon that the Christchurch mosque shooter uh, has pled guilty to all charges against him. Um, and this had... is big news because mm. this was completely unexpected. As far as we were aware, the terrorist in question was going to defend himself in court he and try to yeah, previously yeah, and try to explain why he had committed the murders, but how the murders were somehow a necessary corrective to what was going wrong in our society. And yet, apparently, as of a few days ago, told his counsel that he was going to plead guilty, which then led to the justice system going, but we're shutting down because of the virus, so we now need to organise an emergency session in front of a judge, which they couldn't tell anyone about, because even though the person in question had indicated, I will plead guilty to the charges that only takes effect when that's said in front of a judge and there was fear that he actually might take that back when in court so no one could be told including the family members of the victims but lo and behold around about 3 p.m this afternoon he appeared in front of a judge and has pled guilty to all charges Mm. and at this stage we do not know why there has been a substantial change of heart and it'll be interesting to see whether we ever find out. Yeah, because I mean, I think I think we were all assuming that he was going to try and use a trial to sort of, you know, stand up and give his his, you know, try and ear his manifesto. Although I'd understand they, the the plans had always been to stop him from doing that as much as possible. Um, and then here here comes this reversal. Yeah, it definitely caught everyone by surprise. I think. I mean, I've I've heard some theories go round that. Maybe there has been a deal in the background. So this is a hypothetical situation. Maybe the accused was told, if you plead guilty, there is a possibility in 20 to 30 years you might get paroled. But if you plead not guilty, you might end up in a situation where they give you a sentence where you will be in prison for the entirety of your natural life, no parole whatsoever. And you probably need to think about whether you ever want to leave this place. But that's a complete hypothetical. Mm. No one at this stage has any idea as to what went on in the background. It might even be the case no deals have been made. Maybe he simply decided, 
I don't want to go through a trial and decide to say, yep, I'm guilty of all, char all charges. Mm. It'll be interesting to see, as I said, if we ever actually find out what really happened. Yes, I mean, a lot has been suppressed. I understand uh, some of the family members of some of the victims weren't actually too happy about this because everything was suppressed right up until the point, so they were they were also taken by surprise. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, I, I'm sure certainly everybody wants to know more, but um, whether or not they will uh, is, is perhaps a bit up in the air. So shall we talk about that virus thing? Yeah, it's all the rage these days. All the all the kids are talking about. It. Actually, all the kids are ignoring it. It sounds, and um, and and so all of the old. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people are ignoring it, and a lot of people are taking it very seriously. So I guess on average, we, we we're getting something right. But um, let's start with the silly frivolous stuff to begin with, because because QAnon, QAnon has been loving this to some degree. Which is um, mostly because QAnon hasn't had much to do recently no. after the demise of 8chan. Mm. So there, there's been a fair bit of, of oh, this is it. This is the start of the storm. The whole COVID-19 thing, it's all just a cover. Just we'll get, get everybody indoors, make them all isolate in their homes, and then we can go out and arrest all the satanic, pedophile, child trafficking, swamp-draining people, whatever they are. Um and uh, for, for, for whatever reason, for why ever these things happen, um, the first person who who sort of started seeing claims that they were being rounded up was Oprah Winfrey, strangely. Yes, this is a kind of weird little story claiming that Winfrey's home in Boca Raton in Florida had been cordoned off with caution tape because authorities were excavating the property and digging up the tunnels. The tunnels, yes. So Which apparently was, a... was all related to some kind of pedophile network? Well, yes, I, th I think everything seems to be these days with QAnon. I'm not quite sure. But we had, um, yeah, so somebody on Facebook was posting photos of our villa with caution tape around it saying, this is Oprah's house. Somebody um, on YouTube, a man calling himself Tank. I wonder if that's a Matrix reference. They do like their red pill things. Um claimed to uh, gave a live dispatch from some parking lot somewhere saying that he had received word that Hollywood pedophiles were being arrested and Oprah Winfrey's house was supposedly some sort of child trafficking nexus. I don't know. Someone else posted a video of police officers raiding a house that didn't look anything like the house that was in the photos with the caution tape, but claiming that this was footage of a raid on Oprah Winfrey's home. Eventually, the noise got to the point that Oprah Winfrey herself actually heard that these weird rumors were going on about her and took to Twitter to say, um, no, actually, I'm, I'm not being arrested. Although, Which of course, of course is proof positive that say. she has been and has been mm. instructed by counsel to deny everything in the media because her prison ankle bracelet will explode a la a plot line from Fortress. Mm. Or maybe even Fortress 2. Ooh, well, let's not go that far. Um, so there's been there's been some other stuff. Um, apparently, at one point, the Surgeon General of the United States was giving uh, a talk, giving a press conference, mm. And um, as he walked off, he said what might have been, oh, donate blood, donate blood, everybody, we need it. Uh, or might have, did he actually say, don't eat blood, don't eat blood, don't no, no, eat see, it? Josh, see, you've, you've done this the wrong way around. You should have said, walked off the stage and said, don't eat blood, and then go, or maybe, maybe just possibly, what he actually said was, donate blood. But no, you led with what he actually said. I and did, then suggested I did. what he might have said, 
where he should have led with what he might have said and then made the zing what he actually said. Possibly for comedic value, I should have, but I, I just didn't want to humour the QAnoners in any sort of way in this you case. You never want to... I bet you never want to humiliate the human honors. Actually, you mm. want to humiliate them all the time. You never want to humor them and drag them into our nexus. Mm. No. So yes, apparently some people were saying this was this was look, there he is. He's giving his message to the blood drinking satanic pedophiles. Uh, but he almost certainly wasn't. And then now this was a weird one. And I don't think this is um this is this is a, a strand of QAnon that I had actually hadn't been aware of because I make a point of being aware of QAnon as little as I can get away with. But um, it started for me, somebody, I, I don't follow actress and comedian Kathy Griffin on Twitter, but people I follow do, obviously, because somebody retweeted one of hers. She apparently is in hospital at the moment. And it wasn't clear if she had been hospitalized due to COVID-19 type symptoms or if she'd been there for other reasons, but because the ICU was sort of being overwhelmed with COVID-19 um, victims, she was in there with them. But at any rate, she, she had a, a tweet from, from the uh, ICU ward of some hospital. And looking at her replies, a bunch of people were like putting up Wikipedia definitions of adrenochrome and, and talking about adrenochrome in a couple of places. And I'm like, what the hell are these people talking about? And I made the stupid mistake of actually trying to find out what they were talking about and came to realize which I did not know, that uh, one of the tenets of some QAnon peoples is apparently that um, these, these elite blood-drinking, pedophile, child-trafficking Hollywood elites, um, one of the things they love more than anything else is to um, take adrenochrome as a drug, which, is, which they extract from the adrenal, grand, adrenal, adrenal glands of the children they traffic, um, and so apparently stories are going around in QAnon land that these celebrities who have been catching COVID-19 have done so because some, some white-hatted um, patriot out there managed to taint a batch of their adrenochrome with COVID-19, and that's why celebrities are getting it, and that is presumably why QAnoners are going, oh, adrenochrome, adrenochrome, shouldn't have drunk that adrenochrome, when a celebrity uh, posts that they're COVID-19 positive online. So that explains why Prince Charles has COVID-19. Interesting. Adrenochrome, yes. And Idris Elba. Actually, the other one I saw was people saying, um, claiming that celebrities are being paid to say they're COVID-19 positive, presumably just to drum up awareness of it or something. And Idris Elba sort of said, don't be so bloody stupid. Yes, that does seem like the kind of thing that if someone found out that you were faking it, would end up being really, really bad. Hmm. So also, I, I have it's... to say, as soon as, every time you say adrenochrome, I think, Lisa needs braces, adrenochrome, Lisa yeah. needs braces, mm -hmm. adrenochrome. Uh, so I think that's enough for QAnon for now, but we still have a bunch of COVID stuff, don't we? Well, yeah, so this is a story that we mentioned to patrons earlier on in the month, and we're now mentioning to you, our delightful non-patron listeners. Apparently, Donald Trump might have tried to buy exclusive rights for a COVID-19 vaccine being developed by Germans in the UK. Mm. It's all a little bit, um, a little, said, a little bit shaky. Do, do we, you know, is... is... Is this actually true? Is it something that somebody said and someone's taking out of context or so on? But um, it, 
Yeah, but, but the story that went around is Trump said to this German company, hey, can you make us a vaccine and and only sell it to us and no one else? And some people said, well, maybe he did approach them, but didn't actually say only for us. He just said, can you make it for us? But then tried to cover that up because America's been doing a bit of a show at the moment, I understand, of, you know, we won't be beholden to any foreign nations. We won't supplicate. We won't be supplicant to a foreign nation or anything I like that. Imagine if Iran developed but, um, the COVID-19 well, vaccine. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, what was the company's name? CureVac. Um, some people have said, was this a funding stunt by CureVac themselves? Is that where the, the, um, conspiracy was? CureVac himself have denied pretty much everything, but apparently they have had, uh, over the last month or so, they had three CEOs in less than a week. Was this a sign of potential dodgy dealings causing people to get kicked out or was it just a bit of uncertainty which resulted in stories like this going around because nobody quite knew what the hell was going on or is it the case that the new ceo isn't aware of what the previous two ceos have done and thus have honestly said mm. there has been no approach because they literally have no idea what's been happening up until a week and a half ago mm. Now, I should point out, this isn't really a conspiracy per Not se. It's a series of rumours going around about what might be happening. But this does tie in quite nicely to something which also isn't a conspiracy, but has been labelled as such, which is Trump buying the old snake oil from his son-in-law. Yes, old Jared Kushner apparently, uh, well, not, not apparently, we know full well, um, has the ear of Donald Trump. Um, and supposedly he's been telling Trump about these experimental COVID-19 cures that his Silicon Valley entrepreneur friends are into, um, which, from what I hear, uh, not, not, not quite as bad as the you should drink bleach to cure COVID-19, but um, not a hell of a lot better either. Um, but that could be the reason why... Um, uh, doc, Dr. Fauci, Fauci is it? I assume the C is a ch. I've only actually seen it written down. Anyway, uh, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He's yes. Trump's literal right-hand man when it comes to COVID-19. And yet we sort of had the spectacle over the last week of uh, um, Trump will sort of say something and then Dr. Fauci will immediately contradict him. Um, and so it seems that he's sort of being pushed to the side a little bit. And Trump is more interested in listening to to what young Jared says than what to the, the what the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases says. Yes, yeah, so once again, this is not really a conspiracy theory per se. People buying into junk science or pseudoscience or snake oil medical cures happens all the time, usually due to people not having any idea of how medicine works or being very optimistic about experimental claims that haven't been adequately tested. But it has been labelled as Trump feels he can ignore Dr. Fulci after hearing Jared Kushner's conspiracy theories about coronavirus report. And that might be linking back to the fact that Kushner is one of those people who was kind of downplaying COVID-19 as a threat, which might link into a conspiracy theory that maybe the media is over-egging that pot. Something which it turns out that a particular world leader, one Jair Bolasaro, seems to be milking an awful lot. And now I'm going, I've just over-egged a pot which someone is now milking, I've really mm. mixed my metaphors up there. 
No, that's how I like them. Yes, so the president is he of Brazil, prime minister, whatever their, yeah, whoever, whoever runs yeah. their country, president of Brazil. Yeah, basically their supreme leader. Mm. Um, kind of thinks COVID-19 is a trick. Um, so he he indeed is going full conspiracy theorist. He thinks it's, um, uh, yeah, just a concoction of the media um, and that when people are protesting his government for handling the crisis badly, he thinks that's just just an attempt by them to to bring down his administration, and the whole thing's been made up because because they're out to get him. Yeah, and he might think that because certain world powers, when I say certain world powers, I mean a certain world power, appears to be spreading a lot of disinformation and misinformation about old COVID-19. Now, Joshua, Mm. without looking at the notes, can you guess which world power I might be talking about? Well, you say disinformation, and we all know disinformation comes from a Russian word, so could it possibly be Russia? I was really hoping to go, so disinformation comes from the Russian disinformatia, so I am assuming the UK? Mm. But no, you went straight no. to the source. It is, in fact, Russia. No, so, yes, I'm playing, accord- playing it straight today, straight across the line, this, until I feel like This not. quarantine thing has really mm. made you a lot more serious, and I don't like it. So, yes, mm-hmm. according to the EU diplomatic service, it turns out that they have claimed that Russia is spreading a lot of dis- disinformation about COVID-19, which, as I put here in the notes, given they've said outright, Russia is spreading disinformation, Either the EU diplomatic service is not being very diplomatic, or it's a lot worse, and that's the politest way mm. they can introduce this issue. Yes, so yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a bunch of stuff. Uh, what do we have here? Russian sources drew a parallel between the 19th century opium wars and coronavirus, implying that it's all a, a, a plot for the West to exert control over China. Um, they did COVID nineteen. It'll, it'll benefit pharmaceutical companies. Well, well, obviously, I guess that's true. But then, uh, trying to make that sound sinister, um, and, and and a raft of the sorts of biological weapon claims that have been going around, uh, blaming the West, I think, more so than China in this particular instance of disinformation. Yeah. So basically, claiming that the part of the world which is panicking the most about COVID-19, which is Europe and the US, are probably the people who engineered the bioweapon in the first place. Or at least that's what some sources of Russia today have told me. And I am now saying, I don't think this is true, but it is worth thinking about, Mm. which ties into our discussion about Russian disinformation ops about this from a month ago. So basically... This just keeps on rumbling along, and mm. Russia's going to do what Russia does best. And of course, being actually, Russia. We, we didn't have it here, but um, another thing, or rather, not, not something coming out of Russia, but something not coming out of Russia has been sort of much talk of COVID 19 infection. If, if you believe the word from Russia, like they've had one death there or something, uh, which people are being very suspicious of. But I did see, um, I saw a, a thing today of someone saying how it's all obviously a Chinese plot because, you know, isn't it weird that it's sort of under control in these... Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's weird that it was in Wuhan, but it didn't get to Shanghai or Beijing, which I'm pretty sure is a total lie. And then, um, you know, it's all over Europe, but how come there have been no, no deaths reported in North Korea or, or Russia? To which the answer I thought was because North Korea and Russia are lying about how many cases they have, but um, I don't know. You sound very suspicious, Joshua. Have you thought about seeing a conspiracy theorist? I don't know. Maybe I should. Um, 
But actually, I think I think that's all we have to say about COVID nineteen. But it's not all we have to say about Russia. No. So this is this, a has, been a, this has been a running gag almost over the last sort of month's worth of um, patron bonus updates. Yeah. So earlier in the month, we reported on the fact that there's that that report about Russian interference in the UK that was meant to be released before the general election in the UK at the end of last year and was all signed off and ready to go, but the Johnson government wouldn't let it be released, which led people to go, why are we having a general election when there might be an unsettled issue about Russian interference in our electoral system? And this then has led to a push, particularly by Labour MPs, but also some dissatisfied Tory MPs, to finally get this report out, because it's been cleared, this hasn't been released. And so there's been a whole bunch of leaks about this, including testimony by campaigner and financier Bill Browder, who claimed that Moscow's basically been infiltrating UK high society using paid intermediaries for quite some time to ensure that Putin's critics are attacked, ensure that Russian propaganda is spread at all levels, and to help facilitate and conceal large numbers of money laundering operations. Now, of course, this was then followed up the next week on the patron bonus episode by the Tory government actually finally admitting that Russia does interfere in the UK and its electoral system, despite the fact they haven't released the report. Josh, why Mm. did the UK admit that Russia's been interfering in their system? Um, They kind of had to from the sounds of things because although this report hasn't been and still hasn't been released as far as I'm aware, um, people they used to keep hearing leaks um, from people who have looked at the report um, and especially uh, Labour uh, Labour MPs who have also seen this have been, have been leaking information um, so Labour revealed that the Russia that Russia hacked the NHS to leak how the UK government might sell the NHS out to get a trade deal with the US. And so sort of having said that, um, the Tory government has switched from, I think, denying things completely to saying, oh, yeah, it's happened, but still won't release it officially. So is it going to be a case, we wondered, of they this keeps up for a little while, and then either they say, oh, well, there's no point releasing the report because everybody knows about it now, or to release the report and say, oh, what's the big deal? It's stuff everybody already knew about. Yes, it does seem they want to basically make this issue go away by making it death by a thousand cuts. Mm. So I think um, COVID-19 in Russia were the biggest uh, biggest standouts of the last few weeks of, of um, conspiracy news. But we've had a few other, a few other interesting little bits and pieces. Um, actually, we're still, we're still in Russia, I suppose. Vladimir Putin when he's not spreading disinformation or talking about COVID-19, he was asked recently about whether or not he ever uh, uses body doubles to take his place in risky situations or so on, which is sort of there have been real stories and conspiracy theory-type rumours around all sorts of world leaders and public figures. I mean, Saddam Hussein was notorious for using bodyguards, but then we've, we've talked about numerous stories about uh, Melania Trump uh, apparently using doubles, various other celebrities using them, and some people have said the same about Putin, and he's basically addressed these claims head-on. What did he say? I have never used, using my best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, which isn't a very good one, I have never, actually, apparently it's French, that, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what's sounding more French, yeah. 
it's my Jean-Claude Van Damme impression. Mm. Uh, I have no idea my doing a cure power. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have never used a body double, monsieur. The little gray cells, they are good enough without the body double. Mm. Yes, yeah, so he he well, he did admit that it's, it was something that had been brought up. People had suggested and, and talked to about it. To continue my Vladimir Putin impression, uh, he said that during the Georgian crisis, he had thought very carefully about possibly using a body double because it would be much safer for him to do that in that particular time and way. But his little gray cells, they said, Poirot, you do not need a body double to solve the murder of the mystery Grange. You will simply get your friend Captain Hastings to go down to the shop and buy a headache and everything will be fine. Mm. Uh, I believe uh, Vladimir Putin then jested at the audience with a baguette and said, and then rode away on a bicycle trailing um, onions behind him. Anyway, uh, so that was one little thing. Uh, now, now we now we managed to get back to QAnon again with with uh, the latest developments in celebrity pedophile news. Oh God, we have to do celebrity pedophile news again. I'm afraid we do. Okay, so so the first, the, the the fatuous one before we do the serious one, um, a weird one. I noticed now a person I do follow on Twitter is the actor and comedian Patton Oswalt, and um, a, a few weeks ago I noticed he he'd put out a tweet about something whatever. And then people, QAnon types, were filling up his mentions with, um, with, with claims that, that with sort of TikTok, TikTok pattern and, and photos of handcuffs and also photos of a Q drop from um, uh, almost, no, more than a year ago um, where Q uh, put tweets of Patton, put, put screenshots of Patton Oswalt's tweets um, implying that he was he was next for the whole celebrity pedophile thing. And of course the tweets that they chose to um, chose to publish, tweets of this professional comedian, were of course ones with him making uh, weird, weird statements in an obviously joking way, which they are choosing to not take as a joke. So he had one um, there was one thing, one thing, just sort of a random one he did. He was talking about people with weird feet for some reason, and people pushed back. And so then he um, he re- he put on Twitter, the angry at tweets from my hematode followers opened my eyes. Pedophobe shaming hurts us all. I'm a proud pedophile, um, which obviously is a is a play on words and a joke. But for some reason, and also now I think about it, a joke that doesn't really work in a Kiwi accent. Because Not basically, really. both those words, the one you didn't say and the one you did say, mm. sound exactly the same. Yes, yes. Um, he had a few other ones. And, and, and Oswald has, has um, in the past, done a, bunch, a various series of tweets that look bad taken out of context. But once you, you know, if, if you see the joke or read the hashtag, then they do make sense. So that, it seemed weird that, um, that A... They were they were piling on him as saying you're next, and B that they were doing so on evidence that Q had first brought up over a year ago. But then I guess the whole stuff's going to happen any minute now, and then saying that for three years um, is actually is actually kind of the mo. Yeah, unfortunately. Shall we talk a little bit about a art 
Bible-y situation-y um, thing. Ju- just before we do, let's get this out of the way. Um, uh, in, I was trying in, to avoid more pedophile news. Well, we, 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 I figured we have to mention it. The, the, the Corey Feldman issue. Corey Feldman has said um, a week or so ago he was releasing this documentary where he would finally be naming names about people who abused both him and Corey Haim when they were young, said that one of those names was going to be a household name who you'd all heard of, um, put on a slightly weird event where the video didn't work and they suggested they were being hacked, but more likely it was just technical issues. Um, and eventually it came out that the big name who he was accusing of uh, sexually assaulting Corey Hain was Charlie Sheen, um, which actually isn't a new claim that had been made, but um, but there you go. So, um, so that is of more substance than random QAnon people, uh, but depressing all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this is more of an update to a patron bonus episode. Mm. A patron bonus episode that people this now had a chance month. to listen to. Because, mm. of course, but we, as we know, that a lot of people, including ourselves, are now self-isolating. And thus, people need forms of entertainment to keep them occupied. Like many a podcast, we've gone back through our archives and taken the patron bonus episodes that normally go with the news episodes where we do novel content for our patrons and made those free for people to listen to. And last week, last week, last month, we had a very interesting discussion about one Dr. Dirk Obnick, who may well have been a very, very naughty man Mm. when it came to selling near-mint couples near mint copies of the Gospels to dodgy Americans. Yes, so Dr. Dirk Obink is a papyrologist. Um, Try saying that three times fast. Papyrologist, papyrologist, papyrologist. Fine. You don't have speech disfluency. That's true. You can say that three times. Throwing it in your face there. Um, No, so he, he, it's his job, he worked for uh, Oxford, wasn't it? Oxford University. Um, And his job was basically to decipher tiny scraps of papyrus. In particular, there was one one trove unearthed some years ago. uh, People found an old, um, basically a a dump, essentially, which, an, an ancient Egyptian dump that had millions, I think, of scraps of papyrus in it. And so he uh, conducts the painstaking job of taking these fragments, uh, trying to read what's on them, trying to decipher, you know, un- understand what's on it once it's been read, trying to see if they can match them together and so on and so forth. Um, and there was a bit of a scandal when it appeared that someone, and he appeared to be the only person who's had the know-how and the knowledge to do so, had been selling some of these scraps of uh, biblical-era papyrus to people around the world, including um, the owners of Hobby Lobby, the um, American chain store organization uh, who'd gotten trouble in the past for dealing in dodgy um, ancient antiques out of Iraq. Well, no, 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 Josh, you forget. Not only did they get in trouble for dealing in dodgy antiques from Iraq, they got in trouble because they were also inadvertently funding terrorism. Yes, yes, the the the, the people who they were paying for these um, illicitly obtained antiques uh, essentially were giving the money to ISIS, so Hobby Lobby was pretty much funding ISIS. Now, Hobby um, Lobby were buying all these bitters, these bits of papyrus for the sheer fact that they've opened up a museum of mm-hmm. the Bible. And that's where our new story comes in. Because it turns out that among the things they bought to put on display were not just a lunar Bible, a Bible which has been to the moon and back, but 16 fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
And it turns out they're all fake. The 16 fragments of Dead Sea Scrolls and also the Lunar Bible. Oh. So, yeah. Um, actually, if, if you haven't listened to our recently declassified Patreon episode about this, I think, I think it was quite a, quite a good one. It was one of the more interesting little stories we've come across. Um, and the story and the, the bit, bit of sort of high stakes detective international mystery detective work of finding out what had happened to these things and and the the murky world of papyrus laundering i suppose that involves ancient mummy masks and um, cartilage no actually not cartonage cartonage or cartonage if you fancy not cartilage although i imagine there probably was some cartilage being broken by those mm. indiana jones style fisticuffs i managed so, to say that you did uh so yeah, an interesting little follow-up. Um, so I don't believe any of the... Uh, I think I think the problem with these particular papyrus fragments that had gone missing, about 120 of them, was not that they were fake. They, they were very much genuine, but had been were not uh, supposed to have been removed from the collection they were in. Well, these 16 then, fragments of the Dead Sea these Scrolls 16 fragments. were modern-day forgeries mm. made apparently from bits of Roman sandals literal Roman sandals from Rome, not the Roman sandals you might buy to take to school, and had all been written in the same hand. And what's interesting is that even though they were all faked by the same person, they were all sourced from different dealers. So it actually mm. seems like there's actually a quite elaborate conspiracy in the background to generate this product and then Spread sell it around. to unscrupulous people like the owners of the museum of the bible using different dealers to try and hide their provenance mm. and there you go and that i believe is all the news we had to talk about this month but um our patrons can stick around for our bonus episode we'll be returning once again to the world of of, of art and art academia now we did release the previous patron bonus episodes to everyone last week to make sure our patrons have at least some degree of exclusivity. We will give, we won't unlock this week's patron bonus episode for about a week or so. Mm. And actually, this is probably a, a good time to talk about Josh. Why haven't you joined our Discord channel? Oh, because it's a bloody... Do you know how many times I've been I've been on, on a website or something and they're like, um, they talk about this more, join our Discord channel. I, I don't want to join your bloody Discord channel. I have enough apps and social medias and crap like that in my life and I don't, to be perfectly honest, really know what Discord is and I don't care to. Josh, we have a Discord channel now for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Discord is a... Well, it was developed for gamers, which means I have this horrible feeling it's a Gamergate conspiracy of some particular kind. But it's, uh, it's, it's like IRC, Josh. Do you remember IRC? Internet I rem Relay Chat. I remember hating IRC and never using it, yes. Well, then you can hate and, hate and use our Discord channel. So Discord is basically an online discussion group which also has some voice technology so you actually can host chat so i am thinking that maybe we might even live stream an episode as it's being mm. recorded on discord but josh that requires that you join discord whilst if other people want to know how to get access to our discord channel if you become a patron of the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy via patreon you are automatically enrolled 
in our Discord channel and can engage in the exciting chat we are planning to have online. We'll be talking about upcoming episodes, taking episode requests from our patrons, and maybe, just maybe, answering questions live on the podcast as they're posed to us by our Discord users. Right. You did actually put the, the link to it on Twitter last week, didn't you? Not for the Discord, no. That went was out via a special email. Oh, was then an email that I saw it? Okay, well, that's all right then. Then, then it is properly exclusive. Um, so, yes, um, I suppose I have no excuse to not get on the Discord. Um, uh, and maybe you should too. And if you want to, you'll have to be a patron. If you want to be a patron, uh, you can go to patreon.com and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, or you can go to conspiracism.podbean.com and use Podbean's native patronage system. Um, and and that's all we have to say to you. So our, our patrons, we uh, are shortly to um, receive an episode about the Salvatore Mundi the lost and then refound work of Leonardo da Vinci that's or been in the news a little bit lately. Well, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of that. There's a bit of everything, actually. So um, I think we'll go off and uh, record that. Uh, to all of you who are sensibly and safely isolating yourselves from in, in the bid to slow the spread of COVID-19, uh, good for you. Hope it all goes well. Uh, but as I say, for the time being, we're fine, so don't worry about us. Um, and we will all talk to you next week. We will indeed, at the beginning of what is essentially week two of mm -hmm. New Zealand's great experimentation in self-isolation. Goodbye. Toodlepip. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. MRX Dentit which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Mikey Fluids and Conspiracism. It's just a step to the left.